It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everybody? Jeff Mosher here alongside Adam Kaplan as we recap what a crazy week it was for the NFL and uh, a busy and intriguing week of free agency for the Philadelphia Eagles. First, we just want to shout out Billy Osborne, the third member of this podcast. He will be back with us as soon as possible, just dealing with a few things, but he will be back on when he can. Adam, you and me, we're going to take the load for this, and uh, man, there's a a lot to talk about. Uh, Before we get into moves and specifically, I think that you and I should mention that a lot of the things that have happened since the start of, say, the legal tampering period, the re-signings, the acquisitions, were things that you and I discussed on the last two or three podcasts. Uh, I'll say forecasted, foreshadowed, uh, whether it's Deshaun Jackson, whether it's um, Brandon Graham, who I was starting to say I was getting a good good feeling he's coming back. Uh, we, we've really been kind of on top, or at least had our finger on the pulse of the direction the Eagles were going into. And I don't say that so that we could sit here and pat ourselves on the back. We just... Notice that we get a lot of really good feedback uh, on Twitter and social media. We want to thank our listeners and followers, and and uh, we hope they continue to spread the word. I think we're giving the kind of intel and information that you just can't get everywhere. So it's been a great experience, right? So our last podcast, we got a huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's we we you and I were hopeful that it would be big, and it, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, probably the biggest one since we did our first, actually at the the cut down deadline to fifty three. So thank you for everyone who's listening. And we have a lot of new listeners, by the way, that are finding out about us through Twitter and the WIP website. So we, we, we thank those people. And look, we, we Jeff had the Michael Bennett scoop. Jeff outlined it in our show. And I think what we do here, the best part about our podcast is we all the stuff we hold that is not breaking news that goes on here. If you notice over the last year since we started this podcast, I do not put a lot of Eagles information out on Twitter. I save it for here. Unless it's breaking news like my Deshaun Jackson Scoop, I first reported that he was being traded. Mm-hmm. I put it out here last in our last podcast. I let you know what I'm hearing. I said, we need to talk about this. No one knows this. Let me let me tease it. I did. As you did with Michael Bennett, you did a great job of letting me know what you know. I put you on sort of, I put you on the Bennett radar about a month ago. I said, I don't believe this. Is, I said, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, it's The great thing about Jeff and I is we are so con- well connected with the Eagles and whoever our sources are. Jeff will run something by me. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Are they really going to do that? And he does the same <laughs> with me. And we kind of laugh. We go, God forbid this is true. And, uh, you know, the Deshaun stuff we'll get into. So if you're a first-time listener, to sum this up, you're going to get stuff you're, ne- you're not going to hear anywhere else. That's why we came up with this concept, Inside the Birds. 
we're not going to we're not just going to throw stuff out there. We don't do that. We want you to learn something. Every time you listen, you're going to know something that you didn't know, and that's why we're doing this podcast. All right. Uh, also, on top of that, the Ask the Insider section of this podcast has become very popular to the point now where I've gotten rid of Factor <laughs> Fiction because the questions basically take saw, that up. Holy smokes. And I yeah. can't get to everyone, but a lot of the questions we actually get to in the content, and that'll be the same. We okay. will do Ask Insider for this, but also we're going to get to a lot of points already uh, as we go through. And just like we did going into free agency, Adam, where we just kind of took position by position, we can do the same and kind of give the information and give what we know. So let's start where the, the, the position that everybody starts at. Quarterback. Um, not a big surprise. Nick Foles went to Jacksonville. I remember you saying it was going to be more than a one-year deal. I remember a lot of people on the outside thinking, why would Jacksonville pay more money when there's really not a big market for him but they did. They gave him a, a fairly, you know, a, a good contract for a quarterback these days with, I think, what, $50 million? So I don't know how much it was guaranteed. Yeah, but. I mean, it, it's uh, it's well over, it's $22 million a year. The, right. the, the guarantee at signing is actually very strong. Uh, so what I was told, um, I'm going to say East West Shrine Week is that the Jags would pursue Nick Foles. Uh, I, I needed more information, so I couldn't really put it out there. Adam Schefter, my former teammate at ESPN, had some, he started kind of the ball rolling. I'd got some intel on it. I heard they were going to balls to the wall for this guy, for lack of a better phrase. And as I said on our podcast, before anyone had any idea, I said it's going to be a one, more than a one-year deal. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think that they'll draft a quarterback in the first round unless... unless Unless somebody falls that yeah, they can't just say no to. Again, I have no idea who's on their draft board. But no, they need to get them some playmakers. So hopefully, yes. yeah. But my sense is that this is a long-term relationship than a short-term. Now, long-term. Let's face it. NFL contracts, Jeff, as you know, are generally now for the veterans who are good, two years in structure. Right. So it's definitely at least two years in structure. Uh, I, my sense is they want it to be longer than that. So why would you draft a quarterback in the first round? So, Jeff, now, okay, let's talk. This is an Eagles podcast on a Jaguars podcast. Mm-hmm. Where does this leave the Eagles at, at the quarterback position? That was my next question. So here's where we're at. We've got Nate Sudfeld, who comes back on a second-round tender. He's not under con- contract yet. Yep. Correctly, not under contract yet. He has, was that because he hasn't signed it yet? Correct, or? right. Okay. And by the way... Why wouldn't he sign immediately for $3 million? Well, well, first of all, we, here's, the, here's the reason. Most people don't know this. RFA tenders are not guar- fully guaranteed. They're not Correct. at all. You can just cut the player if he, if he signs it. It doesn't right. mean anything. It just means that he's under contract, but you can cut him. So... The Eagles would probably like to sign him to an extension if, if they could. Um, I know that they've tried in the past. Uh, I don't know that he would do it. I don't know why he would do it. Only because if you're, if you're Nate Sudfeld, there's a belief around the league, Jeff, that he could be a starter somewhere else down the line, not in 2020, 2021, 2022. Right now, he's going to be the backup quarterback. I mean, with, with Fitzpatrick gone, there's not much left, but the Eagles may bring someone in. My sense is that He's not looking to sign a, an extension. Doesn't mean he won't, but certain things would have to happen. I, I just can't see if if I'm Nate Sudfeld, 25 years old. Why would you sign an extension when you could be a starter? Jeff, right. right. I wouldn't sign any extension right now unless it included some kind of you know mutual uh, opt out like Nick Foles had. Because if you if you're Nate Sudfeld and you're on a one year deal right now and you know that you're playing behind Carson Wentz who has not been able to finish each of the last or even start last year, but you have to have a pretty good feeling that you might be able to get in there and play, right? So if you can get in there three or four games and dazzle, as we've seen guys do going back to the A.J. Feely era, right? <laughs> you can play yourself into a nice contract. Now, the only other thing you would have to weigh, Adam, is if you're Nate Sudfeld and you're turning down an extension, 
with the idea that you might get in there and play. If you don't play well, it's not going to bode well. well you don't for worry you. about that though. But right. you don't. You're a quarterback. Yeah. You're young. People, you know, are always looking at young quarterbacks. The 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 risk reward factor to me, there's so much more reward in just being on a one year deal and seeing what happens from there. Correct. So. Nate got the second round tender, and he, you know people were asking me on Twitter. I, I put that scoop out first. Why would they do it? Mm-hmm. They are into developing players at that quarterback position, like no other team in the National Football League. Every team wants to develop quarterbacks, but the Eagles have had this ability to redevelop Foles, obviously develop Wentz, to develop Nate Sudfeld off the practice squad for goodness' sake. Like you just don't do that, and they're really big in drafting and developing here. It's not. It's not that they weren't before, but something has changed since Howie Roseman came back, Jeff. He's something, I don't know it's who, he, who he's talked to or he's learned from, but I just know that if you and I graded their free agency moves since 2016 where he got full personnel control, almost all of them have worked. Very few have not worked. Their drafts have been mostly good. There have been a couple of missed. Pumphrey missed, but he's back, obviously. But it, that, that was a miss. Mm-hmm. They haven't missed on very many, but they also didn't have a lot of picks, as you know, from the previous era. But sure. they're doing things a little differently here now. Very differently, I think. The only concern I have before we get to the next position is this team's a little bit older than I would like. They have too many older players, and that's why when we get into compensatory picks, when we discuss that, from talking to agents who have dealt with the Eagles, there's no question in their mind, Jeff, mm-hmm. that the Eagles are clearly trying to structure contracts in some way that the contracts will expire and they'll get compensatory picks for the future. Absolutely. That's the game that they're playing. It's a game that the Baltimore Ravens probably had a leg up on everybody a few years ago. I think they've led the NFL, them and the Patriots, in compensatory picks um, ever since they became tradable two years ago. Yeah, right, could, right. I think that has changed right. the game. For I think a lot of franchises are now doing the same exact thing. And I'm glad you brought that up before I get back to you because I, forgot, I neglected to m- mention that there is a purpose of this podcast for you and I that goes and parlays into what you're saying. And I forgot to mention the opening segment. By the end of us going through all the positions, what we're going to do is ask the answer the question, are the Eagles better right now than they were at the end of 2018? And it's not a fair question. I'll say that honestly because they're not done. There's a lot of value-free agent signings that are out there, including in training camp. Training camp a couple years ago, Darby and Corey Graham. Oh, yeah, right. right. but, But I would like to see, I would like to have this discussion about these free agents' acquisitions and trades that they've made and how well they are positioned to make another run. But we'll get into that after we summarize all all the ones. So we went through quarterback. We talked about, obviously, what they're doing with the comp picks. Let's go then to wide receiver because that's really a position that we have talked about for a long time. Uh, Going back to Mike Wallace getting hurt last year, they lacked a speed element opposite Alshon Jeffrey. We felt like it was a move they needed to make last season. They couldn't. The best they could do is get Golden Tate another inside receiver, but now they have traded for Deshaun Jackson. The origin, You and I both know this. The origins of this do not just go back a week or two. This thing <laughs> has been a long time in the hey, making. So I would go back to our trading deadline show on Inside the Birds mm-hmm. that we, we do here at Sports Radio WIP in Philly. I put on our show that the Eagles had checked into Deshaun Jackson's availability with the Buccaneers. So... As you were saying, they need a deep threat. The Eagles, by the way, the Eagles tried for Mari Cooper. They offered a second. They they tried everything they could. They Robbie checked, Anderson. Right. They checked on Robbie Anderson. A lot of receivers. But let's understand one thing about Deshaun Jackson and Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman never wanted to cut Deshaun Jackson. He was told by Chip Kelly he wanted him off the team. Uh, Chip had a real issue with Deshaun. And Howie wanted to do right by Chip. 
and he did it reluctantly, but he he cut him according to sources close to the situation, and he did it. And then we fast forward five years, Jeff. I cannot believe it's been five years. It's Where's amazing, the time right? gone, man? So Deshaun is back at 32. I love uh, Dave Zangaro's piece on Philly, uh, Philly Sports. Uh, CSN Philly.com or yeah, NBCSportsPhilly.com. I didn't realize he had his own you know, he, personal trainer, mm-hmm. um, nutritionist and all that. He stretches now. That's great. How about that? That's why I brought it up. <laughs> so, so he, you know what? That's it. He does take his job seriously. So here's what here's the real story, which no one has written about and no one knows. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give you the the I'm gonna take you inside. Mm-hmm. So sources with other teams told me that they were in discussions with the Bucks. Couple couple teams were just seeing if they would release him. They they were gonna a couple teams were gonna pursue Deshaun if the if the Bucks cut him. The the Bucks told Deshaun they want to cut his pay from ten million to six million. They would not guarantee, fully guarantee any of it. He had no guaranteed money left in the $10 million. He told him he wasn't going to do it. He asked for his trade or release. He was given permission to seek a trade. There were some other teams in on it. My sense is the Eagles knew this. and Because, you know, I, I put on our show, the previous show, that the Eagles would pursue him if he was released. I, I didn't think they would do it if there was a trade. However, I didn't even consider that other teams would be involved, Jeff, to, to push this forward. Uh, Howie Roseman kind of knew that. And he gave up a little compensation but the big thing is his contract. Uh, this contract's very interesting. It's three years, $27 million. There's $13 million fully guaranteed at signing. The structure, it's a two-year structure. The way that it was set up is it was important, I think, for Deshaun to get fully guaranteed money in second year. Just under $5 million in the second year. It's, I think it's like four eight five something like that. There is offset language, I'm told, in the contract. But I'm telling you that $2 million you're willing to walk away from. Because you get a cap credit for the next year. That's how offsets work. If you cut a player and there's offset language, you get credit for the next year, not the current year. Right. Four eight five. Unless Jeff, he's terrible. He suffers suffers a debilitating injury. He's going to be back for year two. And Deshaun will like to end his career as an Eagle. And and I'll be honest with you. I've talked to a lot of personnel people. You could say whatever you want about the injury history. He's lost nothing. He is right oh, he now. He led the NFL in in the yards, uh, per, yards catch. per catch. Almost still an elite yards. ball tracker. How's that? It's incredible. It's amazing to me because most of your your ball trackers in the NFL are bigger guys. For him to have that kind of speed, to be able to keep his head up and still find the ball in the air. And I, I've said this. I, I think Carson, separation, my brother. Carson's deep ball is fine. His deep ball accuracy to me sometimes isn't the best. But with Deshaun, it really don't matter where hey, you put it. Him. He's gonna run under it. Did you see it. his tweet? Did you see Carson's tweet? It's I, phenomenal. I did. It was he's great. Like, How about I just throw you, throw it down? And you get it. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's gonna open up the offense for everybody. Yeah, and so he's gonna help the that. running game. You know, and we'll get into running backs yeah. a little bit. But remember when when Deshaun Jackson was here, a lot of six man boxes for Lashawn McCoy to run through. So it's probably one of the reasons why they feel that. They don't need to spend top dollar on a running back right now, but they certainly are a more well-rounded offense, and they finally have that speed element that they need. And I'll say one real quick thing is, this doesn't even go back to the deadline. To me, this goes back two years ago when he was a free agent. I had heard from people, players, close to LaShawn, uh, close to Deshaun, that once he was done in Washington, he was eyeing the Eagles again. Mm. And I checked into it, and yeah. they always said uh, you and there, I that the there, was, there yeah. was definitely <laughs> legitimacy to that. But the one thing yeah. was Deshaun was going to still take the best deal available. The Eagles, as we've talked about, were in the market that time of not blowing away people with money. In fact, they signed Alshon Jeffrey that year on a one-year deal. Everybody remembers that. So I'm just saying the interest was there. It just didn't meet... The valuation. He, he was not even aware. I don't. Th- he was not aware. I'm told by a uh, league source that uh, the Eagles were actually trying to pursue him in, in October. So really, he's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's summarize this position now. It's Jeffrey and Deshaun. Now, Deshaun does have an injury history. That's my one concern with this. 
Uh, That's but, a great point. Not only that, you you couple that with his, most of his injuries are being hamstring and soft tissue, and that was a real problem, the treatment and the rehab issue for the Eagles last year. For whatever reason, they had a lot of guys, whether it's Darren Sproles, a bunch of other guys who just did not Tweet come outlined. back. Yeah, we yeah. had we did a whole podcast on it. That is my biggest concern. And it's not something that's, say, in his control. It's just that they better have their stuff together with that. Jeff, listen to this. Last season, he missed four games. Two years ago, three games. 16-1 game. 15-7 games. 14-1 game. He's not played a full season since his last season with the Eagles. His best season, by the way. Right. Uh, it was incredible under Chip Kelly. 82-13-32. Nine touchdowns. And by the way, he has the most touchdowns in NFL history. Yeah. Over 60 yards. He has the most touchdowns of 50 or more yards against the Eagles and for the Eagles. <laughs> oh how about God. that? For the Eagles and against the what Eagles. What are the chances? It's, it's so really, how his story is amazing. So let's push this forward. Are, are you concerned with Alshon 29, he's, his injury history? Uh-huh. Deshaun turns 33 uh, late this fall. He has injury history. Uh, Matt Collins just didn't even play last season with his d- dual groin surgery. Nanelli's a pretty durable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back at least for this season. Where's the youth with this football team at receiver? Right, and you know Jordan Matthews cannot come back. He has signed with the 49ers. Yep. Look, I, I think in the draft, the one thing I've heard from some some personnel evaluators is that if you're looking at wide receivers in this year's draft, speed receiver is good. Overall, not great. You're not going to find a DeAndre Hopkins or you know type guys. But I've heard that there is good speed among the wide receivers in this draft. So uh, unfortunately, they're a little bit one dimensional. But fourth, fifth round, Adam, you find a guy who can run you a 4-3-4-4, wouldn't surprise me. If I don't think it's it's high on the list of Eagles' needs for the draft, but I do think that if there's somebody in the mid to late rounds and they have a bunch of picks, that they would take their chance on a speed receiver. Yeah, the, you know, unfortunately, you know, Shelton Gibson, their fifth rounder in 17, it just has not worked out. After that, great offseason. It just shows you the offseason's AAA, the regular season's minor, is major leagues. Always. Because it... It was, I thought this kid had a shot. I mean, he did so well. I, I was really looking forward to him. As a matter of fact, had he been a home run, I don't think they're even pursuing Deshaun. Right. But it didn't work. So to this point, Gibson does have two years left. So they have some. I, what they need to do is draft a receiver. I would agree. With yeah. That. One concern that people have, we can talk about real quickly is that because uh, Alshon is making double digit millions, Nelly is going to be on for nine point four, and Deshaun just got his extension for a double digit. Is that the Eagles have a lot of money and maybe too much money invested in wide receiver? And you look at how bare they are in some other areas like running back and linebacker. People have asked, is this the best allocation of money and resources? And what I would say is. I think it is okay for a year. This is you have a, a left tackle who's now making below left tackle money. You have no preeminent corner making preeminent corner money, and you have a quarterback in a, on a rookie deal. So that tells me that if you're going to take that chance, you can do it for a year. But I don't see this being per se the three guys on the team next year. We'll have to see. But if there is, maybe it's Nelly on an extension and it's a lower cap. Yes, number. that's as a matter of fact. They could still do that. Um, I. Our expectation, you and I talked before they made a decision, at least public. You and I, I think we're in agreement they probably would bring him back. Uh, I don't think they had a choice because if you didn't bring him back, what do you really have? You have two, you have two older receivers that you have no, you have nothing. Right. Braxton Miller's a guy. I know they like to get on the field at some point as a slot guy, but it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Former Texans uh, draftee. So that's it for the receiver position. But they, look, they they need to draft someone and develop them. I agree. I agree. All right. O, o- line. We kind of touched on last podcast because the Sam Alu and Kelsey signings happened, and we discussed that. Uh, less question marks, and now Jason Peters. Uh, you win. I, I have to take you and Ozzy out for dinner. I said he wasn't going to come back, and the organization would take a stand. 
Uh, you said, I believe you you came along and said you thought he would be back. I know Ozzy felt. Well, he last show I said back. he was going to be back. Yeah, and I just didn't right, know how they were going to do information it. on that. I just yeah. didn't know how. Well, and and yeah. Jason took the pay cut, and I think that that was best for all I parties. I was involved. slightly surprised. I you and me both. I know my reporting at ESPN. My my report, my first report was in um, January of seventeen. The, he turned down a pay. He he turned down their offer. Uh, he told the team that he was going to play under the contract. And then what they did is they came with a, diff- a, a different offer two months later, and it was the guarantee structure is way better, and he went for it. So you and I really debated whether they should bring Peters back. Uh, my only issue is this. He left at least a half a dozen games early. Eleven. Okay. Eleven? Yeah, more than a half dozen. Eleven. Are you sure about that? Eleven games that he came and did not play from start to finish, yes. Either that he didn't play or he didn't finish. Correct. If he played. Wow. Is that a holy smokes? <laughs> Jesus. Well, see, this is my problem. That's why, why I was advocating moving on, okay. right? <laughs> but that's why they had leverage on a pay cut here. They did. Although you would hate to have had released a future Hall of Famer. So but here's he my question. He probably could have made more money. I'm going to say, given the sorry state of offensive line uh, play and free agency, I mean, look what Trent Brown made. Is he that good? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he made a ton from the Raiders. I would feel, I feel like a team might have given him more money than the Eagles. I think he did Maybe. want to be an Eagle with that. Well, he has an agent, and the agent's got a sort of sort through that. So Big V's is back up. I'm told they have not discussed a extension yet, if they do at all. Hmm. Georgia Mailata, who we talked about a lot last summer, as I had said when I thought he was going to come back, Peters, this gives them another year to develop Jordan. And then what they'll do is, if, this has got to be Peters last year. Would you agree with me? Yes. It's got to be, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, when you restructure for a year, yeah, even right. if he wants to play, I think the Eagles yeah. will wind up moving on. Let's assume that he's going to move on. We'll spin this forward here. They're going to have a year. I know Vitae's on the final year of his deal. Mm-hmm. If they don't extend his contract, they'll evaluate Vitae and Mylata for the year. They'll see through OTAs, through the summer. And by the way, Mylata should make a big jump because he didn't know what he was doing last year, despite how great he looked in training camp right. in the preseason. So they'll be able to evaluate that. So they're they're in good shape there. They're they're okay. I think what the Eagles should do, not that I'm in position to tell anybody, especially <laughs> Doug Peterson this, but it would make sense to me, Adam, if they decided to scale back on Jason Peters from Wednesday to Saturday in practice and give as many reps as they can to either Big V, Mayalata, both with the first team and have them prepared. Because to me, Big V plays a lot better when he has a week to prepare as opposed to when he's thrown into the fire. And so Jason's at the age where you're not going to have to teach him anything new. I think he's pretty good <laughs> yeah. when he's healthy. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if Big V and Mylotta got more reps than they would nor- a first team, or, I'm sorry, a second or third teamer would normally get to be able to prepare. Because how else would you evaluate them and get to know That's what, what the they're capable of? And, that, and, and Doug is great at, at really conditioning his players and, not overworking them. So just to spin it forward here, mm-hmm. it's the right decision. Teams that I, I talked to had played the Eagles said that Peters was good, not great. He's clearly not the what he once was, but he's 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 like the top ten, top twelve left tackle. You know what that you know what that says? Bring him back, cut his pay, and that's what they did. Absolutely. All right, running back because this is probably <laughs> the position that fans are are oh most scratching their head yeah. about. And honestly, I was scratching my head a little bit too when you see that Tevin Coleman signs a, a two year deal in San Francisco and not a lot of money. I think you know 
the max it can be is ten million, which means it's probably three or four million a year. I have the con- keep talking. I'm going to open it up. So uh, that surprised people, given a the fact that Eagles really need a running back, b the fact that Tevin seems to have the skill set that fits what the Eagles do, and c given the fact that in the draft uh, there are some good running backs, but the Eagles have some other areas that they normally capitalize on in the draft, like defensive line, that you're not sure. If again, for the third straight year, they're going to get frozen out from a good running back because they just didn't have the value for the round. So people were surprised. I'll tell you one thing an organizational source told me, though, that resonated with me. The organizational source said, when's the last time, you know, he basically said Howie Roseman stayed true to Howie Roseman. He's never really put, ever since he came back, a real big number on running backs. It's not a position that he values so much that he's going to lavish a guy with money or even even moderately and if you go back and look it's true I mean like Eric Plant signed in May for a million and a half right and there are other guys I mean he's never he traded a fifth round pick for Jay Ajayi which was great value even though Jay got hurt he's not shown that he's going to go out there in free agency the new Howie Roseman and put even three to four million dollars into a running back. Well, you know what? First of all, this came from the Joe Banner theory of contracts. You don't invest in running back or the linebacker position. You just don't. Yeah, you go out of your way not to because you can't pay everyone. So let me let me. Uh, we're going to do funny more. though because they did it a little bit. Well, in they, the they, Andy, they, you know, okay. like the Mike Bells and the Ronnie Browns. I mean, a little bit, not a lot. Well, no, they, 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 it was, <clears throat> they was actually Mike Bell was a strict free agent. That's right. I'm sorry. Ronnie Brown, though, was one of their signings. It that- was doing the dream too, but it wasn't a lot of money. But but what what um what hairs were they screwed up? Mm-hmm. I think Joe Banner would admit that they should not have given Brian Westbrook that big deal at, at the end. Now now Brian, his last deal was significant right. f- for what it, for at that point of his career. Brian, as you know, his knee was bad at yeah. that point. I mean, he got paid for what he had done right. more than now, what he was going to nailed do. Nailed it. That's but- the way. But what Jeff just said. You're always paid for future performance, not the past. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, if you're a great, if you've been a great player in the past, and you're healthy, they're assuming you're going to still be great. Well, the Eagles, to their credit, they did the right thing by their player because Brian was obviously a great guy, great example of of professionalism, smart. Andy Reid said he's the smartest player ever coached, so they wanted to reward him. Uh, though they knew he was starting to fade, and it was a bad contract. Mm-hmm. Great job by his agent and you know, Brian. Good job by the Eagles to help him out, but fact of matters is a bad contract. And Howie does, does not really believe in paying running backs. Now, Coleman's deal is really, it's got a one-year structure. I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't you want to do it? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's what I'm telling you. The Eagles were hell-bent in getting these compensatory picks. They want to get younger, as we said at the top here. And for whatever the budget they made on this, um, remember, his contract expired, so this, this counts to the compensatory formula. Trading for someone like Duke Johnson or... Jordan Howard would not because trades don't count. Right. The Ram the Rams did not sign any free agents last year during the uh who, whose contracts expired. Every almost every player they acquired were through trade. That's why they did so well, Jeff. It depends do, stories. Do, do, I don't think Jordan Howard is the type of guy that the Eagles should chase after. And they're interested. I'm told I they're, just, they're interested. I can't believe it. And it, it makes but, sense, yeah. but I, why would all right, so Jordan Howard excelled for two years in a ground and pound John Fox mm-hmm. offense. As soon as a Doug Peterson acolyte became head coach, and that's um, <laughs> Matt Nagy, and put in a spread West Coast offense, it became the Tariq Cohen show, and Jordan Howard, his numbers regressed in every single way. So why would I think that he would be a good fit here to do anything other than just run the ball in first and second down? or Unless that's just all they want. I would say this. I would say uh, Jordan Howard, he's 
he's really a first and second down back. It's not like when Blunt was here, when Blunt was doing well, that they haven't had a power back in their system. That's why I think Doug can make it work. But ideally, you really want to do what Kyle Shanahan's doing. He's got what are they called satellite backs. Mm-hmm. Those are running backs who play outside formation. Uh, McKinnon will once once his knees right. That's all. Tevin Coleman is. Remember, it's Kyle Shanahan created him in 2016. He was incredible. Looked like he was going to be a special football player. And Matt Breida, who was really good outside formation, very explosive. So yes. I, I thought that that's why they like Coleman. I was told they definitely liked him, but they just were not going to pay him. So to me, okay, on compensatory picks, spin this forward here. Go ahead and trade for a running back. Duke Johnson, let's talk about him for 30 seconds here. Sure. He is strictly a third down back and a changeup. He is not a first and second down back. No coach has ever worked with him think so. He's not. It'll never happen. But he's an interesting player. He would absolutely fit in here. So do you? if you trade for Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. what do you do? Do you go into the draft and try to find him? Uh, tr- I think no matter what, you still, if you can, try uh, to find a three-down well, running back. Okay, a couple things here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you would more or less elim- eliminate Darren Sproles. You could say all you want about you're leaving the door open for Sproles, right. but what what possible thing would he do? He wouldn't do anything on third down anymore. I gotta be honest, you got good first and second down production yeah. last year out of Wendell Smallwood. I, I know it's a joke, but he he ran the ball <laughs> first pretty final well. Year. Yeah, but again, we're thinking toward the future in the draft. You always, it's never about one year. You're always Correct. looking three, four years out. Here's what they have now. As we speak, before I I have a feeling that something's going to happen at running back, but we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. As we tape this at WIP, they've got Clement under contract. They've got Josh Adams, who was a nice surprise. Right. They've got Wendell Smallwood. D- Donald Pumphrey doesn't count. He, right. He's in Boston. Scott doesn't count. <laughs> it's really Clement, Adams, and Smallwood, and the other guys. Good luck if they make it. Sure. They need one back. Yes, you and I think are right. Where it would be nice if they had a three down back. Right. But let's say they trade for Duke Johnson. There's your third down back. Your passing down back. They still need a primary first and second down back. That could come in the draft, or you could go with a committee, like you said. You could Smallwood. go with Adams and Smallwood. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. It, it would be nice if they had a primary pass down back. And by the way, Duke Johnson played some of the slot last year for the Browns. So. I, so I can get I get the value in getting Duke because he's just a better player for your offense, and exactly he fills that role that you had earmarked for Darren Sproles. Oh yeah, younger. And by the way, Duke Johnson's base salary of one point eight million became fully guaranteed on Sunday. Right. So if you're the Browns, you don't you're under no pressure to move him now that you know he's going to be paid anyway. Mm-hmm. So that now that would be a good contract to trade for. It's really good, really relatively inexpensive. Agree. And again, that would probably be a one year deal as well. I mean, if you wanted to move on after this year, I don't know why you would because if he's a good player for your he's offense, good. oh you man, he, as a rookie in fifteen with Cleveland under what's the guy's name, Filippo, he did very well, sixty one catches. Yeah, uh, he is signed by the way through twenty one twenty twenty one. Um. 20, uh, in 2020, Jeff, he's, his base is 3.6 million. Mm-hmm. 2021, 4.65 million. So it's a little bit rich. Mm-hmm. This year, it's great. All right. I'll, one last thing on this, though. I have been hearing Uh-oh. that. Don't be shocked if the Eagles take a running back in the first round. I would that be they shocked. They really like Josh Jacobs. Okay. He would. I talked to Greg Cosell from uh-huh. NFL Films. We were just talking about the running back position. He, he likes them a lot. And then um, an offense coordinator uh, who I ran into at the, the combine, he was going over the running back class. He said it's his top graded back in the, in the, in the group, and he's a three-down back. Now, were they picking 25? Is 25. Okay. Well, you know what? It would be the first time they took a running back since 1987 in the first mm-hmm. round, and that was Keith Byers who got moved to fullback. But I think we have to adjust our philosophy right. because the, for the people who say Howie Roseman will never take a running back in the first round – do remember that two years ago, hmm. if Christian McCaffrey was there at 14, 
he would have been an eagle. Well, I put that on a show. I remember you said that. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I uh, we'll never know for sure. But and that's I, a that's a top fifteen pick. He would have been. Well, he's a now now, now again. It's gotta be system fit. Right. Christian McCaffrey is a special football player. He, of course, he, he has a chance. Knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt to be a Hall of Famer. So so yeah, there. I get it. I, you and I got a thousand questions at running back. I I I lit a fire uh, <laughs> under some people who are. I had actually mute some people because people are like coming after me about cornerback position. We'll get to that, but. I agree, everyone. There's some people who told me on Twitter, if the Eagles don't draft a running back in the first three rounds, they're going to stop being an Eagles fan. Like, people, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, come on, man. I, I, I very much doubt that that's going to happen, <laughs> yeah. but I do think anyway. people will be disappointed. Yes. Um, let's switch to the defense. Uh-huh. Defensive line, we know Brandon Graham's resigned. I mean, the big, obviously, the big signing is Malik Jackson. He becomes their defensive tackle. Interestingly, Adam, they get him, as you mentioned, on a on an interestingly structured contract where there's an option in it so that he can become an unrestricted free agent if the, after a year. So they could theoretically get a comp pick, right, if he left, if they did not pick up that option. But what's more interesting to me is that, A, they signed him. He was released by Jacksonville, so he doesn't count against the comp pick formula. It's not like going out there and signing, Correct. say, Tevin Coleman. They right? have to be... Either options that were not picked up that makes them unrestricted. Correct. Or their or contracts cut, expired. Right. There's a difference between a street free agent, mm-hmm. which means you were cut, or you voided the contract. Right. Street free agent is what he was. Eagles signed yes. him. I, th- I get it, and I was told that Jim Schwartz made it known that his number one priority this offseason was upgrading defensive tackle. Is that right? Above all. Number one, well, and, you know, <laughs> they got questions at linebacker. They had questions at the end, at the, the beginning of the offseason, and surely at, at safety and corner. But his number one concern was defensive tackle. Why? Well, I think for reasons we've discussed, I'm sure that they were pretty uncertain about picking up an option or that they weren't going to pick up the option on Jernigan. Haloti Nada was probably not going to be back. So after Fletcher Cox, all you had was, what, Trayvon Hester? I mean, who's a, who was nice, but that's not... When you he's think good, about he looks 2017 like and winning yeah. the Super Bowl, you think about this great interior first and second down tandem of Fletcher Cox and Tim Jernigan and stopping the run and getting them into positions where they can rush the passer. That's what Jim wants to do. So mm. now they bring in a guy who is a 29-year-old who's made a Pro Bowl, but my, my concern or my question is that he's not really known as a run-stuffing tackle. Yeah. In fact, he's a pass-rushing tackle. Jeff, he said in his press conference, and he said boy, it. I love his press coverage. I don't know if, he, if the, our people listen. Seemed uh, very motivated. Watch it. He was so honest, and yeah. I watched Dave Spadaro's interview with him. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was straight up. He goes, they told me the reason why I got benched is because I, I didn't play the run well. Well, here's what he does. He really can rush the passer. Yep. By, by the way, Fletcher Cox and happens to be the second best pass rushing t- tackle in the league. So between the two of them, this is going to be great for the wide nine. They don't have a third tackle right now. That's why they've left the door open and jar, as I first reported uh, on our last podcast, a jar for journey. I doubt he comes back. He should be able to find a better deal. I'm told by multiple league sources, Jeff, that they're looking to do ab- just above the league minimum or the league minimum to get a veteran. Th- they just want a journeyman tackle. So uh, they, they want another Haloti Nada, but maybe right. a little younger? No. But speaking of younger, I think they still will draft one. And there you go. That's oh, it. Yeah, absolutely could do that. So And there's names out there. And this is why it's not necessarily fair to judge free agency after the, the first week, because there can be some very on, good brother. People, value yeah, signings. But yeah. I think right now, as you look at the defensive line, Adam, my concern is if you go back to the Super Bowl year, you had your starting four. You had Cox and Jernigan inside. You had Graham and you had Vinny on the outside. Vinny Curry, right? That's four. But they went seven deep with Bo Allen, with Derek Barnett as a rookie, and with Chris Long. 
That's seven deep. Right now, you got your starting four of Cox and Jackson on the inside, Graham and Barnett, I'm guessing, on the outside, and really, you're pulling Chris Long off the bench, and right now, he's he's monitoring the situation because this guy wants to play more, and he's wondering if the time is there for him. If is, Malik, it, is that true? Did he say that? If you look at his Twitter, right. I wrote about this on my okay. Patreon page, All right. he... First of all, he just re- he pushed his bonus back they till after the draft. Agreed. Right, right. They right. So agreed. he right. and uh, Jeff McLean reported that he's doing it because he wants to see what they do at the position. Oh, by but, the way, you know, it'd be fair about that. So I'm told that he actually had the same feeling last year. Right. Um, you mentioned that, I believe. Yeah, I think I might have mentioned it on our podcast last fall. I think because when Bennett came in, it's like, okay, what's my role? It's kind of what uh, someone said to me. Mm-hmm. So let, let's spin this forward here. Right now, as we speak, if Chris Long's back, they have three DNs. That's it. Right. Uh, Josh Sweat doesn't... No, you, you can't you know get it. Yeah. Josh, so they're, they're five it. deep right now, as opposed to seven. In terms of the defensive line, in total. Yeah. Wow. That's Yeah, you're right. That's and and your light. fifth is kind of in flux right now. He's he's wondering what's going on. All right. So, so right and now... And by the way, real yeah, quick, yeah, uh, your pass rush package that Chris used to be number yeah. one, he used to... Come in, play the defensive end. Brandon Graham slides inside, Journey mm-hmm. comes off the field. That was two years ago when they won the Super yep. Bowl. All right? Right now, on third down, if they want to rush the passer, second along, third down, well, Malik Jackson's staying on there. He's not coming off like Journey. Sure, right. I didn't think so. So if the two guys, are, <laughs> yeah, if Cox right. and Jackson are yeah. staying in, and then Graham's going to stay on the outside and Barnett's on the outside, when does Chris Long get into the game other than being a rotational piece? Rotational give these guys. He, he, he was a, already a rotational I had not piece. even thought of that. And, and I know this is crazy to say this because he hasn't played yet. Joe Osman, they absolutely love. Yeah, he's this bow-legged guy. I, I, I knew nothing about him, but he, he had a nice little off-season last year, preseason. He's, I mean, he is a, he's a try-hard guy who is built low to the ground and he's got great leverage. Uh, we'll see if he ever makes it, but they definitely need a developmental DN in the worst way. Uh-huh. And they need a young guy, which is what we're going to say at another position, but. You're right. As we, as we sum this up, they got a lot of work to do on the D-line. Yeah. So real quick, I know Vinny Curry, I just mentioned his name. Oh, yeah. Today is Monday that we're recording this. He's in, where did I report? He's in uh, Cincy? Cincinnati today, visiting the Bengals. Jordan Ronan, who covers the Giants yeah. for ESPN, said the Giants are in the mix. Uh, I know the Rams have reached out to him. I also know that the Eagles Correct. remain in the you mix. You and I know that, yes. Um, they've actually had an offer on the table. He's got offers really? on the table. Yeah. Really? He's just mulling them and trying to see what he can do Wow. Best. That tells me something. See, okay, so... Michael Bennett was traded, okay? Mm-hmm. You and I knew this was going to happen. Despite what the reporting that's out there, you and I happen to share a lot of the same information on this. Yeah, that there was more going on inside the, Folks, than people he realized. he was not coming back. I don't care what is out there. One way or the other, he was either going to be traded or released. And I didn't, I didn't know this until he went on TV. I didn't know he wanted more money. Yeah, that, that, that actually that, that, that gave his one-way ticket out. He, he might have decided that when he saw <laughs> his name being shopped at Indianapolis, you know by what, the way. Yeah. So, so long story short, they got it, they, this team, Jeff, the one, my, my one concern is, you, you'd mentioned the roster, it's a little bit old for me. I yeah. want them to get younger. When I evaluate teams and people ask me questions, uh, you know, I look at this team in particular, I, the talent level is pretty good. This is, this is a, out of a 10 scale, it's about seven and a half. If they want to get to nine, which is Super Bowl, they got some work to do. They got to get, you know, they got to get faster and they got to get younger. Andy Rudy used to talk about this fastballs on defense. They right. need some of those. Let, let's combine kind of linebacker, corner safety, and call it the second level right now. Right. Jordan Hicks, you said he, uh, last podcast, credit you, you said he's probably not coming back. He ain't back. You Arizona gave him the money. when you and I are sitting there across from each other. So I, I didn't say anything to you before we, I didn't want you to know where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. You were looking at me like, really? I'm like, okay, did I know he's going to get that kind of contract? 
I, Cardinals, God bless them. Good for Van McElroy's agent. I don't know how the hell he did it. What a weird team, man. You go get an injured Jordan Hicks, and then you go put money into Terrell Suggs, who's 55 years old. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> he's probably not going to get rid of Josh Rosen. He hasn't been the same since the Achilles. He's been hurt a lot. No, he's been good situationally, but yes, yeah. Really but, good I mean, this is like a guy. retirement job for him now. You know the Eagles' history in play, paying linebacker wasn't going to happen, so Jeff, that, line, that middle linebacker job is open. LJ Fort Knox is in. I've covered this guy. He's 29. Um, he's a special teamer, though. He's a back. He's a he's a backup middle linebacker. So is Paul Warlow. Poor, yeah. So they need a middle but linebacker. Paul has more starting experience, I believe, than he does, LJ, but he, who could also play on the outside. He tore his ACL last he year. He did. He did. And you got Nate Gary. You got Camus Grugier Hill. But this is another position where, again, you don't play three linebackers very much. Exactly. Most of the time, you play two. Yep. Nigel Bradham is one. So they really have to. What they have to do is find a nickel linebacker. Right, or they can just play a lot. A, middle line, they need a starting middle linebacker. Well, I think they yeah. could even move Nigel to middle linebacker, and then just find another linebacker for nickel. But they can also bring Malcolm Jenkins in, and that would that would intensify the need to find another third a third safety. Here's the thing, it, folks: it's not a big deal. If you think I make fun of people who like to talk about the salary cap, this is even more of a non non issue. No one cares. They're they're going to get a middle linebacker. Okay, right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, about, it's, a, it's a non-factor. The big fa- the big bigger question is corner. Because yes. they brought back Ronald Darby, <laughs> so he's going to start. You would think Jalen Mills is going to start. So what does this do for Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox? I, I don't agree LeBlanc, with Jalen Mills. LeBlanc. I don't agree with that at all. You don't think he's going to start? No. Here's That's what I interesting. think. Okay, here's what I think. Okay. The, yes, they have major injury issues with their top three corners. All of them are hurt. Mm-hmm. Sidney Jones has missed a significant amount of time in his first two years. Jalen Mills is coming off a broken foot, which I've not been able to confirm as a Liz Frank injury. I don't know. There's been rumors about it. Don't know. It was a bad one. There's no question about it. He's on the final year of his rookie deal. Ronald Darby, he's coming back from a torn ACL. He only signed a one-year deal, Jeff. So mm-hmm. their top three projected corners all are coming off injury issues. Right. And, again, Jalen is not signed for next for, for, for 2020. Mm-hmm. Sydney, by the way, I'm told by a team source that his contract will toll uh, when it expires anyway, so it doesn't matter. They got him for three years, not two. Right. Now, Ronald Darby, they only have for one, and you can't assume he's going to be the same player. Folks, let me just address this stuff, because I got attacked on Twitter, so let me just address this now. Mm-hmm. I never said that corner was a need. I said an upgrade is a need. Now, what is, okay, Jeff, this is a question we got. Where does Avante Maddox fit in here? Well, I think the only, the, 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 the I didn't like bringing Ronald Darby back, by the way. I just don't like it. I don't think he's, a, a, I think he's a better fit in other defenses than the way the Eagles play. I don't think he plays off-ball coverage very well. I think he likes... I've seen him play better when he's on top of a receiver, but they don't do that much. So I'm a little surprised that they brought him back, even though I've, you know, you were reporting that they were, they wanted him back, nonetheless, and and that the surplus they have. So let me just get off my soapbox. I, I just wanted to say that I'm a little surprised they brought him back. I'm not a big fan of the move, but what it does give them is flexibility with some of their other guys. They need a third safety. They need that nickel dime safety that they rely on very well. I guess Avante Maddox can now be free to play that position. He's not going to start, or if he loses some kind of camp competition to start with Mills or whoever, he can move into that safety spot. So, long story short, they're going to have a full offseason to figure it out with Avante Maddox. I, I've not Can heard... someone be traded, by the way? I mean, do you feel Mills can get, get give look, them trade well, value? The pro- fourth? I mean, he's coming off a broken foot. I don't it's know. the worst injury in the world. I don't, again, I don't know how bad, the, I don't know if it's a list Frank at all, I don't know, but we just know at the very least, mm-hmm. you know, we know that he broke his foot. Right. I don't know... What his value would be is on the final year of his deal. He's, he's been a self-made player. He's actually been a great story of development. That's a seventh-round pick. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. People say he doesn't run that well, but he, he's a tough guy, smart guy. 
Do they have a surplus of corners? Yes. But what they don't have, based on performance, one. that's all yeah. I'm thank you. Yeah. Folks, that's I'm fair. not saying they need to draft a corner. I never said that. So what happens to Sidney Jones? You think they he just, starts? I think he's got to start. So you're going to start Darby and Sidney Jones. To me, it's... Who's it's your not, now, if Dar- now, now, again, he's had an ACL. We don't know if he'll be ready for the regular season in terms of being at starter. Darby. We don't know where he'll be. Will he be ready to start or will he have to come off the bench? We I'm glad you that. mentioned that because I, I, I have some a little bit of info. Right. He did go out to visit Kansas City. Yes. And he didn't yeah. sign with them. At the time he was there, I was told by a, a chief source that there was probably a 50-50 shot. They checked him out medically. Their concern was not medical with him. That's not why he didn't sign there. Their concern was more new coaching staff, new defense, 4-3. Oh, Spags, yeah. What they were really concerned was, as you're saying, is will he be back by OTAs and by training camp to be able to be integrated into the defense? You don't want to pay a guy X amount of dollars and then realize you can't get him into your defense until training camp, if that, and then it's a slow start. So that it, makes sense. Yeah, so... But they weren't concerned about the knee. No, no. He, uh, I know for a fact, talking to someone close to him, his knee, the rehab has been great. It Good. was a clean ACL. So... What I would tell you, though, when when uh, comes to Darby, I was surprised that the Eagles didn't do a two-year deal. Which would, would my, my sense would be that he only wanted to do a one-year. Yeah, uh, but they, yourself, they're big yeah. on two-year evaluations when guys come back from knee, from injuries. So, right. oh, right. oh, so they have a lot of them, but they don't have an elite corner, not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. Darby might have been able to be a really good one had he not suffered the, the injury. So, Maddox is a for people who ask me on Twitter, probably ask you the same thing. What about Maddox? Again, they're going to have a full off season to figure it out. My sense is he's a corner, but he's he's such a talented, smart, tough guy. Mm-hmm. You could move him. He's he's a. And remember that uh, Jim Schwartz said he compared him to um, what's the guy's name? Cortland Finnegan. Remember right. Cortland Finnegan was toughest nails. Yeah, man. I have a hard time making that comparison. But but, yeah. but he was a really good football Very, player. It was tough, tough as nails. As nails. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So there you go. All right. Um, I'm going to give you my quick synopsis to answer the question. I think the Eagles are better offensively now than at the end of last year because of Deshaun Jackson. One player, really. Difference. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> we, talk, we talked about how much the speed element is missing, exactly. right? And the returning of Aguilar. Uh, hang on, though. Hang on. Briefly here. We didn't talk about this. Here's my issue. Brandon Brooks, torn Achilles. Kelsey over 30. Peters well over 30. Can't finish games. Yeah. The only two guys you could count on, and I, I will say Saimalo, who signed extension, they love him, mm-hmm. who's, who will eventually take over for Kelsey, most likely, mm-hmm. down the road. Isaac played very well. We told you last offseason, despite all the bad reporting by the people in this town, I said, don't, I said, ignore what's out there. He's actually had a great offseason. Right. Well, here's what happens he'll have a bad snap in practice. Oh, he's terrible. He had a bad practice, folks. Some reporters latch on to one bad snap and they think that guy's playing poorly. This is, look, when I first covered the league in 2000, I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. That's shit, the kind of shit that I would say. Right. I kind of learned, at least try to learn the football yeah. you know, for a living. You got to have your eyes, uh, yeah, every snap is. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to look at every snap, but I, I, yeah, yeah. You one snap doesn't people, make, a, make a game. There's right. people who coach them who work with them. So anyway, right. so, so that but I do me, think Jeff. I, I agree with you. I was going to get to that. The offensive line depth, in, in general, the in depth a big way. on the team. Which was so big in their Super Bowl year, it concerns me on offense. Last line, year was good. Defensive line, linebacker. So while I say, are they better and more prolific offensively because of Deshaun Jackson? Yes, if everybody stays healthy, right? Defensively, are they better than they were last year? Not sure. I, mean, I don't think they're as deep on the defensive line. We just detail why. Now, again, there's a lot of moves to be made, but as I'm just saying, as we sit here today, I'm optimistic about what they can do offensively. I'm concerned about them defensively and from a depth standpoint. They have to get the rotation going on the D-line. That's what made them special two years ago. Yep. They say the waves of, of rotations on the D-line. They they need to be four deep at DN. Right now, they're two plus maybe long. We don't know yet. 
and they're not deep at D tackle. They don't have the depth there. And I love the point you made about Malik Jackson. I had not thought about him not come not coming off a nickel. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's a good thing because he's really a talented pass rusher. So they've got a this they're gonna they're gonna have a little bit of different face on defense in terms of depth. All right, let's go to a couple of questions for our Ask the Insider segment. First one from Casey Young, at Casey, at underscore Casey Young, fan of the uh, podcast and WIP. Uh, which prospect could you see the Eagles trading up for realistically? Anybody that you think? Well, we'll get our next podcast will be devoted to the draft because we're pretty much, we'll, and we'll wrap and we'll add whatever we learn more in free agency, but I don't think they would trade up for a running back. If they're going to, it's going to be two spots, oh, right? Like something small. Well, I yeah, I, look, Defensive end is the one where they've got to do. So they need a young pass rusher. So to sum it up for the for the guy asking the question, the number one need on this football team is defensive line, whether it's D tackle or DN. Um, running back per se is a very high need, but it's not a value need. The way you build your 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 team, and we're going to talk more about this in the next podcast, but I'm give it to you real quick. The great Gil Brand, who's going to the Hall of Fame, told me when you build your value board for a football roster, you're building a football team. It's quarterback. For a 43 front, it's right defensive end, it's left offensive tackle, and it's cornerback. Everything else is window dressing. Right. So right. you do not trade up for running back ever. No, no. Um, but I do get a weird feeling if it's one or two moves and Jacobs is there, the Eagles might do it because it's so deep in tackle and end that I don't know that they need to trade up unless they just have. Well, it depends where their value targeted. is, right? Depends yeah. how high he is on the board. Sure. All right. Um, next question from playing possum at playing underscore <laughs> a possum. In this division, what team do you have the most worry for? In two or three years, I mean, my God, have the Giants in Washington not just eliminated themselves from the? It would just, it's, it, you would think Eagles, Cowboys for the next year or two. Yeah, I wouldn't. Giants are Giants are are way, ways away, and Redskins can't get out of their own way. So I would say Dallas. They've got the quarterback. Uh, they're going to pay a Mar- Mari Cooper at some point a lot of money. Uh, they've got the offensive line. Their D line is good, not great. Um, yeah, I would say Dallas is going to be there. I think Dallas will be a nine or ten win team for for years to come, but. The roster is not simply just not good enough, and you could certainly question the coaching in certain areas on offense. All right, last question from Carl Stevenson at Idle Prof, and he asks: With the addition of Malik Jackson, does it take some pressure off the running backs and the O line? I'm sorry, Deshaun Jackson. Does he take the pressure off the running backs and the O line? Well, yeah, but you have to protect. You have to let him get downfield, right? Um, but I think what he's saying, what, what the lightning of the boxes, you can't play a yes. safety way in there, or both. You know, you can't. You got to keep these guys twenty. 20 There's yards no downfield. question. He is really uh, another name is not coming, other than Tyree Kill. He's really the only player, Deshaun and Tyree Kill, the two players mm-hmm. that you must have a safety over the top. You you can't. And by the way, if you watch the clips that are out there, if you check the Eagles' feed, our, our friend Fran Duffy has a great breakdown. Deshaun beats he beats he beats double coverage. He splits them because he runs by them. His separation is usually between three and five yards. It's incredible. You He's going to help. Got, yeah. Oh my god! I can't. I cannot wait to get to the offset. We you, haven't even done our Carson Wentz offseason oh, impact yeah, podcast, we'll get to that. which we will definitely do have probably yep. after the draft. All right, that will do it for Inside the Birds, your leading podcast for Eagles intelligence. You There's keep no it question, here. folks. Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher, thanks for riding with us on Inside the Birds. Inside the Birds.